All right, welcome everybody to uh, the tenth, the tenth anniversary edition of Draft Politics. Uh, I'm your host Steve. Here and as I'm always a DJ. Yep. Yes. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Doing good. Uh, this week we were going to record at Maplewood. Uh, turned out it was a little loud for us. We don't normally record on a Friday, so we weren't no sure what to expect. Uh, we relocated to the Goose Island Tap Room. Which is delightful. They had a great taco truck out front. We got some tacos. We got some nachos. Really good. And I have to say about Maplewood, really cool vibe. Great beers. They had some pre-mixed frozen stuff on tap. They had all of their beers on tap. Some beers ready to go for takeaway. It was just too loud. Just not a good podcasting space. Not us, a so. good podcasting place. But I am going back there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I am definitely going absolutely. back there. Absolutely. So I guess to get things started, uh, here in Chicago, it seems like we've had a few uh, arraignments going on. My word. <laughs> My word. I mean, whoever is working the legal beats of the new, the newspapers, yes. like, you know they're just they're collapsing at the end of this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. I mean, you got R. Kelly with his uh, frequent, <laughs> frequent arraignment card. Is that a thing? I think he, he may have, like, just his own parking spot right, down right. there. I mean, I, I don't really want to give that guy any more airtime, even for, you know, the four or five or six or ten listeners who are going to rate us on iTunes this week. Yes. Thanks for that. But, my God, what is this? Why, why is he still around? I know due process. Yes, we have to have due process. Innocent until proven guilty. But, but he's pretty sure he's guilty. Uh, but you know what? Well, you know. He's going to be done soon, I think. I, I, I feel like he's not going to be able to outlast this one, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but, you know, that's a little bit off of our political pathways a bit. True, it couldn't true. help but bring it up. But uh, Burke, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's the one counts? we've been waiting for. Yeah, so yeah. Burke finally arraigned 14 counts. We've got bribery. We've got attempted extortion. We've got racketeering. We've got conspiracy to commit other crimes. I mean, we've got a whole raft of things, and he was indicted this week along with his longtime associate, Peter Andrews. Good times. Good times. He was unfazed, unruffled. He walked into the courtroom without his signature hat, though, which is something I, I did oh. note. I did note his lucky hat stayed at home, or maybe his hat is bailed. That's right, true. He gave up on him. He's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't be seen with you. I mean, the hat's going to go solo. I can right. imagine that. Right. Running right. for I alderman uh, soon, I assume. Uh, well, maybe that's what will happen. The hat's going to hope to be appointed alderman. Oh, he, he steps down. Alderman hats. hats alderman begins hats. its reign of terror. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's just like, he's been untouchable for so long. I think he doesn't even realize that he's in trouble like i think he's just gonna just he's just coasting along like okay yeah i'm gonna i'm not guilty i've got to hire the right lawyers it'll be fine yeah and and let me tell you there were a couple things that i thought were really interesting one is that this is the first time we have heard very specific things about the danny solis tapes so if you remember danny solis had hours and hours and hours former alderman of recordings of people all across the city um and alderman o'shea sort of half-jokingly said, if we knew about that guy, we'd kick his ass. Also good times. But this was the first time we've seen some of the fallout. So there are some recordings of them talking about, did they land the big tuna? 
you which know, I chuckled about. Well, you know, I feel like there's a weird ROM to tie-in since he liked to have, like, the dead fish thing going. But, you know, I don't feel like it's quite as impactful as fucking Golden. I mean, you just, you, just you guys got to try harder. I mean, if you're going to be on a, an, an FBI wire, was this the FBI? I think it was. Yes, yeah. an FBI wire, you know, really, really embrace it and get some good lines on there. Yeah, I'm hoping to hear more of those tapes just for those lines. Oh, yeah. I, the other thing that I found interesting about it was that people are talking about invoking of the RICO statutes. So the RICO statutes were put in place specifically to extend penalties for leaders of organized crime. So it's essentially looking at lesser crimes, things like conspiracy and extortion and attempts to do things where, you know, cumulatively you may have two years here, a year there, you know, the, the ranges of, of penalties are pretty broad, but then coalescing those together and saying essentially this person was running a criminal enterprise and because it is, there's some synergy there that the penalties should be greater than the sum of the parts. Right. It prevents them from just being able to isolate themselves from the day-to-day -day business and, and somehow avoid any sort of criminal prosecution. Right. Uh, you'll be hearing more about this with Trump someday, I'm sure. One can only hope. <laughs> yes. And lock him up. So <laughs> what's interesting, again, about that is that it means that it will necessarily extend beyond him because... RICO investigations start at the top and move down. So I had a conversation or two with somebody in law enforcement who was talking about this as well, and he kind of said, again, he was the one I had mentioned originally, look for this to get much bigger, and now he said, look for it to get much wider. I think we also expect him to be defiant and not resign. Yeah. E even well, he's, though He's been this way for... 70 plus years he's not going to just suddenly turn on this now right he pro I'm, I'm sure it's the sort of thing where we'll have video of him crying because he didn't realize he had done something wrong after he gets you know found guilty and thrown in jail so anywho so uh, another former alderman here well actually a former alderman uh joe rocco moreno yep uh was in court this week not officially arraigned yet he was indicted he'll be arraigned in a couple weeks um, facing felony charges around the reporting of his Audi stolen by his girlfriend. Um, I mean, how dumb is that guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, just looking at him and hearing the things that he's saying about it really didn't look good for him this week. I suspect that it will continue to not look good for him Yeah, as that goes on. Yeah, I mean, I've... I, I am happy that he got kicked out of office before this all happened. You know, it's like it feels like so much in Chicago. It's like, you know, somebody's in office until enough corruption gets on them that they finally get thrown out. And here is somebody who was voted out fair and square. Then we find out that they've got a bunch of problems. And I mean, yeah. granted, you know, I'm, it's not like he was perfect to begin with. But, you know. Yeah. So good job. First award. Yes, exactly. Nice here's, work. Here's everybody. to you. First here's award. to you. First award. Got rid of him before he was indicted. And I remember I had said originally that I had hoped that some of the Burke stuff would happen before Inauguration Day because I wanted some of that momentum to carry through. Now, of course, Lori Lightfoot has jumped on all of this news 
and has now you know, put forward a bunch of changes, starting with a whole new ethics package that's going to be rolled out at the next city council meeting, where she's really looking to do things like increasing fines for you know, sort of corruption-based things. You know, it used to be min 500 to max 2,000. Now she wants to make the min 2,000 to max 5,000, which is, you know, most aldermen make about 115 grand a year, $5,000. It's about 3%, 3.5% of their salary. It's not nothing. Yeah. Um, she wants to increase the, the scope of the inspector general to be able to audit committees. So if we think about, you know, what was going on before where we had you know, committees that had a lot of power, a lot of money flowing through them. The inspector general could not audit them. Well, still cannot until this yeah. know, hopefully passes. But um, And a couple more things about registering as lobbyists and, you know, what kind of outside employment a- an alderman can have. Um, but all of those things, you know, sort of building on the news, and she's hoping to take a lot of momentum from that. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's interesting because, like, I look at this list and I think about, like, how long these rules haven't been there and how tolerant previous administrations were of this kind of corruption and how endemic that was. And that, you know, she comes in and is immediately just flipping the switch and saying, we're going to do this differently. Oh, I don't want to have Burke in charge of the finance committee anymore, so he's gone and here comes, you know, here comes Wagspock. Yeah, Yeah, and I... I wonder how many of these things she's going to be able to get pushed through before she starts getting pushback from Alderman. Yeah. I mean, I think she still has a good four or five months of honeymoon, and I got 75% of the vote. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of the new Aldermen are fully on board with this kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like a lot of this, you know, power of the Inspector General and things like that, that's the kind of stuff that Pawar was pushing for back when he was yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, it's just finding the right people who are willing to support it, and I think that the 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 machine has fractured enough that there's not enough of any sort of cohesive pushback right. against that. Right. I mean, but still, even if you just look at the new alderman, that's still only 13 or something like that, right? So you've got to get a coalition of folks. You know, if you add them to the progressive caucus, then yeah. you start getting very close. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of votes that need to be swayed to keep pushing those yeah. things. And I don't think you're going to see a lot line. of people saying, you know what, I need more corruption. Uh, you know, this is not, you know, obviously at some point you could say, okay, well, these rules are onerous or it's causing a problem here or there. But she's not, she's been careful to put things out there that aren't going to really give them a, a leverage to push back against. Right. So she's not saying things like, you can't have all outside employment. Right. Right. And so about 20% of the aldermen right now have some kind of side hustle, uh, be it, you know, running Ann Sather or, you know, running a law firm or consulting, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, I think Lori came out and said, look, it may put an undue burden on some of them, you know, some, some hardship, some financial hardship if we said you can't have an outside income. But at the same time, she said, if any of that income has a potential to be in conflict with the Absolutely. things they're voting on, then we are going to have a problem, I think, for her words, which is a little vague, to be honest, but also... Well, and it, it, it just amazes me that we even have the notion of a side hustle for an alderman. I mean, it's not like... I mean, 
I'm somebody who's been very much a proponent of let's pay legislators and you know everybody we elect into government a good salary so that they can make their living doing the people's business. And we pay aldermen pretty well. And so that you still feel compelled to have a side hustle, it seems a little strange to me. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, clearly there should be enough work there to make that a full-time job if you're inclined to do so. Um, so I would be perfectly fine with making the rules tighter than that, but I recognize at some point you start getting pushed back on it and that's gonna be a hard sell for her. Right. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm glad that they're at least doing something to at least, the conflict of interest is really the biggest problem. I mean, obviously there's a I conflict agree, yeah. of time, but, you know, one problem first. <laughs> right, and I think the other thing that's gone kind of hand-in-hand hand with this is trying to make changes to limit aldermanic prerogative. So let's try to take some of those zoning decisions out of the hands of an individual alderman and try to make things more data-driven, if you will. And I know sometimes those are dirty words, but, you know, again, trying to make it more predictable, perhaps, and lessen the ability of an alderman to take advantage of their position or decision-making powers. You know, I think the combination of all of those things should, on the whole, make things more transparent, more above board, and that can't be a bad thing, yeah. he says, yeah. and question I think, mark. You know, it's still all, you know, big improvements over what we had before. Um, you know, I feel like it's an appropriate bookend to Rom's tenure in Chicago that he's he's going back to where the money is. Um, Damn right. You know, I mean, ultimately, if you look at his career within politics, um, you know, he's been elected office, but his role has always been the money guy. He's always yeah. been raising funds for people. Um, that's what got him into the Clinton administration, um, you know, and those connections and all that are what sort of led him to power in Chicago. He's now going to go just do money instead of doing politics, which, you know, good, go away. We, <laughs> You know, I mean. Right. And, the you know, the people who run, he's going to Centerview Partners, right? So I, those are people he knows, you know, and the people who run that uh, were big donors to his, to his campaigns. And there are people that helped him, you know, become wealthy in the first instance, yeah. right? So there are people he knows, you know, it's not a big surprise. I, you know. Well, and I, that's the thing that's always frustrating about all this is how there's, how circular all of this is. Is somebody needs money to run for office, they get connected to wealthy donors who then, you know, they get into office, they do some favors for them, then they get done with office, now they're back working with those wealthy right. benefactors. You right. Know, and it ends up, you know making our government work for the moneyed interests rather than for the people. Right. And even if even if somebody says, I'm in private, I'm in the private sphere, I'm doing these things, and now I'm going to switch to public office, and I'm breaking my ties, it's like it never happened, I'm not going to do anything to benefit them, even if that's possible, by returning back to that life, it makes everybody say, hold on a second. Yep. You couldn't have maintained those connections. You couldn't have gotten all those donations and a cushy landing without some kind of quid pro quo. Yeah. Yeah, and even yeah, it's it, even if there isn't corruption, there's the appearance of corruption and at a at a broader level, the appearance is 
nearly as bad as it actually being corruption because I, it undermines our faith in our government and that's how we get things like Trump. <laughs> I, I could not agree more, yeah. right? So anything that we do that makes people say, I bet this whole thing is rigged. And hey, it might be. There may be lots of things that are rigged. But the more people believe they're rigged, the more apathy they'll have, the less they'll vote, the less they'll be engaged, the easier it is to rig things more completely. So it really was kind of not surprising, a little unfortunate. It was like I was almost happier when it was just he was going to be some kind of talking head. Yeah. Right? He was going to be a political commentator. He's been in I a mean, lot of I mean, I don't know places. why anybody would want to listen to his political commentary, but hey, you know. That, you know, there's plenty of talking heads. I don't think say much of anything worthwhile. That's true. I was just surprised that he thought he could be on TV for, you know, minutes at a time without swearing. Okay. Good point. That may be why he decided to go this way instead. He's just like, ah. You know, he's he's allowed to swear all he wants. And I I've met I've met uh, former Mayor Emanuel, and uh, I just I want to savor that for a moment. Former Mayor. There you go. Okay. Go Ex-mayor. on. Ex-Mayor. Yes. Ex-Mayor Emanuel or current money guy at uh, at Centerview Partners, yes. Rahm Emanuel. And I had heard, you know, things about him being pretty, you know, his language being you know, pretty ribald pretty quickly. And it was within the first five seconds that I was talking to him that he was dropping F-bombs left oh, and yeah. right. Yeah. And hey, look, he's allowed. Yeah. He was, we were in his office. It was fine. But it was one of those things where you think, Certainly, the rumors are not as true. Like he's a caricature of himself. <laughs> right. It's like they can't possibly. Right. Be. Oh no, he is. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> true. If only I had b- blurred lines to play on my phone and watch him dance. Yes. Yes. But still, you know, again, those continuing of the big changes. Rom gone. We've got somebody really making change. And Lori's spent all this week out in California, sort of doing fundraisers for Barbara Boxer. Uh, And I read some really interesting things about how she has been doing uh, meetings and speeches and, and again, fundraisers with with LGBTQ groups in California. And essentially, she is now the most sought-after speaker, elected official for LGBTQ groups across the country, which is awesome. And it also I, I hope she has enough well success here to run for, for future office, which is what that all sounds like. <laughs> it does. And and good honor. Yeah. Good honor. So uh, last thing that I wanted to talk about city level is why I, I guess I might be a Sox fan now. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. You know, every time I'd hear a story about the Ricketts family and the Cubs – and it would be the Ricketts family doing some crazy right wing, backing Trump, yada, yada. And I'd be like, but that's not the that's not the Ricketts who runs the Cubs. There's the Ricketts who runs the Cubs, and he tries to stay out of it. And he's not he's not as bad as, I think it's Joe Ricketts. Is Joe Ricketts the one that's sure. like the real Crazy Looney Uncle Tunes? Ricketts. Yeah. Cra- yeah, Crazy Uncle Ricketts. Forward, um, forward, forward, forward. Did you see this? Yes. First certificate, Ricketts? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. That guy. Um so I can't really do that anymore because this is Tom Ricketts? I think it is. Uh, who is arranging to have the RNC come and hang out, or members of the RNC, come hang out at Wrigley Field and do a big fundraiser for them at Wrigley Field. 
I was at Wrigley Field today, by the way. Uh, a friend of mine won tickets, and so we went to the game today. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see myself going to a lot more games going forward because, like, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I'm wondering if there's going to be protests uh, around that. I mean, it's such an obvious place to do it, and they've, you know, plenty of nice open space for people to do, be uh, to protest them. So, so yeah, fine. It's a great place to hold a retreat for raising money in 2020, which I think is what the theme of this whole thing is. Mark Mulvaney's going to be there. Hey, yeah. But I think it's this week. I mean, I think they're there now, right? Because they were doing Cubs carts. Because oh, why God. not? Yeah. So maybe you were there <laughs> with Mick Mulvaney. <laughs> oh. oh, my skin is crawling. I know. That's terrible. It's going to get worse for you, Steve. Yes. No, I've, it's going to get worse for you. I've got something coming up for you that you're not expecting. But it's going to get worse for you. So, okay. So, Steve, you were having beers today at Wrigley Field with Mick Mulvaney and Republican donors. <laughs> well played. But, I mean, I think that is the whole problem. And I've talked to people who said, like, well, you know, the Cubs are a different thing. Again, well, it's the Uncle Joe. I can, I'm always going to love the Cubs, but I don't have to love their ownership. Like, it is difficult for me to separate the money well, and it's i mean i i have the same struggle with uh i'm a big denver broncos fan grew up in denver and and john elway john elway wrote to uh i don't remember who he sent this to but wrote a letter of recommendation on denver broncos letterhead for uh neil gorsuch like yeah i so this is something i've long struggled with is like i really like football and it has all kinds of things that are wrong with it including you know right wing people who are running the the actual team so well you know nothing says nothing says solid endorsement other than a car salesman right <laughs> who kind of runs a football team right does he run the football team yeah he runs a football team he's the general manager that's a pretty good job. Okay. Eh, eh, eh. What am I going to do? Tim Tebow. <sighs> he got rid of Tim Tebow. So <laughs> but he got Tim Tebow. No, no, no. Tim oh, he Tebow was there when he got there. Oh, he inherited Tim Tebow? Yeah, no, no, no. He got Tebow? rid of Tim okay, Tebow. Sorry. So, yeah, he brought in Peyton Manning. So, you know. You know, even even a crazy right-wing person is what right every Brock so often. What about Brock Osweiler? Okay, Brock Osweiler was clearly a mistake. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's a football podcast. Yes. And we digress. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we go on from there. Tell you what, people. Uh, we're going to pause the podcast here briefly because it turns out Goose Island closes much earlier than we expected. And so uh, we're going to have to shut this down and relocate. So right. we're going to go do that. And if you don't hear any more of the podcast, thank you for listening. <laughs> and if it turns out there's more of the podcast, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> So we're back. Uh, we've turned this space. into a weird little bit of a pub crawl, as it turns out. Well, a celebration of our 10th episode. Right. It all makes sense. Uh, we've ended up at, now what is this place? It's the Brew Yards. Be it is called Brew Yards. Brew it's Yards. on Ashland. I, I didn't know it was here. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. You go in here, and it's, you get a little card. You can pour your own beer. And it just charges to your card. It's magical. Yeah, by the ounce. By the ounce. So, so if you, you want to taste, taste something, it, yeah. You know, I'm I, sure you can 
drink a lot more beer than you were expecting and not realize it because you've just been sort of half-filling glasses all night, and that's okay. Well, it tells you what your running total is. Oh, okay. But it's nice. I think your beer was like 68 cents an ounce. Sounds completely reasonable to me. Sounds completely reasonable. And, again, there are so many things to try. There are three different breweries that are here represented, and they've got uh, walls. Uh, It looks like, I don't know, 10 beers potentially per brewery. They have one blank wall. Uh, So I'm definitely coming back here. Oh, yeah. No, this is awesome. So expect a future podcast to show up here. Right. But, uh, yeah, so anyhow... On to state politics. Uh, we pretty much covered the city stuff. So I think it's really at this point, I mean, we're all really wrapped up now. So it's like, you know, there's the veto session still has to happen. Yes, right. but that's, we don't expect much to come of that. Um, so now we're into just sort of like reviewing what has happened. So Which was a lot. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, what do you, what do you guys got left to do? Um, you know, other than fix our entire economy. But uh, the weed bill, uh, that's something we've already talked about. Uh, we were going to have 700,000 people's records uh, being expunged. There was a little bit of figuring out what was the right process and making sure everything was nice and constitutional, and uh, that's all been settled. So, uh, yeah. Right. And, I, I, again, I, I think I said last time I haven't read through the final bill, but it looks like not all of the super progressive things got in there, but a lot of them did. Yeah. And I know there's going to be some debate about whether or not enough people were sort of captured under the umbrella of amnesty or expungement. Probably not enough because it's probably not 100% of people, but pretty good step, pretty big deal. Laws going forth January 1. Yep. So, yeah, so you'll be able to go. um, A lot of the places that have uh, medical already are expanding their facilities so they can do uh, recreational as well. There will be new locations popping up, so welcome to the Mile High Chicago, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so, and I guess maybe there will be uh, places like we're in now, but it'll just be three or four different growers Little or dispensaries gro- yeah, available <laughs> right in one place. Um, a very important thing, uh, the Women's Reproductive Health Act, yeah. which basically is going to protect Illinois if uh, if Roe v. Wade is undermined by the current Supreme Court, which seems likely. Um, we also, in a related thing, the uh, last abortion clinic in Missouri has been allowed to remain open. A judge interceded and said that they could not push to interview. They were basically pushing to interview several doctors uh, who weren't really even part of the clinic. They were like interns or whatever. And so uh, that's been held off. So that's still there. But Hopefully, we'll be building a clinic across the, the you know, across the river if that uh, ends up happening. I hope so. No. I hope so. Uh, and for a bankrupt state, it turns out we actually were able to scrap some money together uh, for some capital spending. And we're going to be putting $33 billion into roads and bridges and uh, broadband infrastructure. Right. Rebuild Illinois. Yes. Is the name of it. Yeah. I believe some of it's actually supposed to be going to trains. There was talk of trying to build out a train line between Chicago and Rockford, which would be huge for the Quad Cities. You know, and really, I actually know some people who commute from Rockford to Chicago, you know, several times a week. So I think that would be a big win for them. Yeah, and I think when all well, the entire process of electing 
Pritzker from the primaries all the way through, there was a lot of talk from the Democratic side about rebuilding Illinois and making the state better by investing in infrastructure, creating jobs in the communities that needed that investment, be it roads or bridges or you know, rebuilding watershed areas. You know, it sort of started with the Mayor Pawar's campaign and his sort of new deal for Illinois. Daniel Biss picked it up. And a lot of those things made it through all the way to Pritzker. And, you know, I think we see at the end of this session that the legislature was willing to give him a lot of those wins. Yep. A lot yep. of those wins. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, this is the first balanced budget we've had in a while. Um, you know, and I don't know. I wasn't clear on how much of that was with or without the fair tax built into the assumption. So uh, that's something I need to look into more. But the fair tax is another thing that's on the agenda. They passed it through the legislature. Now it's just up to the voters to decide if that's what we want. Um, the tax rates that they were suggesting are basically, if, for most people, your tax rates are either going to go down or stay the same. For some of the wealthier people, they'll see tax rates increase. Yeah. It's not a huge increase, um, but it is an increase. And so, um, but, you know, that's that's really what we have to do is to better balance out everything. I, look, and anybody who's listened to the podcast will know that we're all for, you know, a progressive income tax. Progressive, you know, meaning it goes up the more you make. Yep. Um, and we're not going to move away from that, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, our, our personal beliefs about you know, how things get funded and how people pay their fair share. But yeah, and you're already starting to see some of the attacks on it. Um, a lot of comparisons between Illinois and Connecticut, saying that Connecticut did this and that it was a disaster for their economy. Well, of course, it's one of those things where if you actually look at the numbers and the details of it, it wasn't. I mean, it's like, yes, their economy had some issues that had absolutely nothing to do with anything no taxation the rich weren't fleeing the state um you know so i think that there's a lot of misinformation that we're going to be getting pounded on us and through the election um you know we're just going to keep on it and try to get people to understand that you know this, it's not awesome but it's better than what we have right now so yeah and i i think we also need to look though and talk about the other places where revenue was being proposed to for increase. sure I mean, and these were all passed, right? So as part of the offset for the $33 billion in spending, and look, there's a lot of good spending in there. They're spending for not only roads and bridges, but schools and uh, a, new, uh, a new center in Quincy to replace the veterans' home that was the subject of so many investigations and sicknesses and legionnaires disease There's yeah a good chunk of the the marijuana uh money is supposed to go into helping to rebuild the communities that have been most affected by the drug war yeah. so i you know i'm i'm thinking that really that spending i i hadn't seen anything in there that really made me question the decisions about the spending maybe i'm too naive but but on the other hand uh there were lots of new taxes that were introduced so, you know, kind of running through them, uh, 19 cent a gallon tax on fuel, and that and starts Jan July 1st. Yeah, and given that we haven't had a ta gas tax increase since 1990, you know, just accounting for inflation, the rising price of gasoline, it makes a certain amount of sense. 
I don't see a big deal with that. I mean, obviously, the main problem, and we'll see this as a theme throughout these, is that they're all going to be more regressive taxes. Yeah. It's yeah, going to yeah. affect you more if you have, you know, if you're a poor person who's just paying to get the gas to go back and forth to work, it's going to hurt you more than it will J.B. Pritzker on the way to his office. Right. Does he pay for his own gas? Probably not. Probably not. That just makes it worse. All yeah. right. Well, I know I can tell you, having lived in uh, pretty close to one of our former governor's houses, he wasn't driving. Those were not fuel-efficient vehicles. Agreed. Um, but maybe he was paying for the oil in his hair. So car registration, that also goes up. So there was uh, that's going to double for most people from 55 to $110. Uh, for people who own electric vehicles, there was a proposal to increase that to $1,000 a year. Uh, from $35 for two years to $1,000 a year. They backed off of that. But now it's going to be something like $220 per year as opposed to $35 a year. Fine. Increased tax on parking, uh, packs of cigarettes, uh, so that, you know, and gambling. So we got some of those sin taxes there. And trying to expand collecting taxes on online sales, which I always think is a humorous thing for people to say because it's never enforced very well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean nothing here that's really dramatically bad. Um, you know, I still prefer that we be shifting everything towards income taxes. The more that you make, the more that you pay yeah. rather than punishing people based on, you know, how much they drive or you know, I mean, I can. I, there's an argument made for taxing cigarettes to reduce the demand for them, but you know, and vape, vapes on there, and vaping, yes, right. So, so, so all you millennials in your vapes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm remiss that I did not look at the tax rates for marijuana. It would be. I think it was like thirty percent tax okay. for for recreational. So it was, it was as long as it's taxed at or above my jewel. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty. Safe. Now that's one of the things that's nice is that with medical, there will still be an advantage of having medical in two respects. Yeah. One, you get the lower tax rate, which is only like one or two percent, I think. Um, you'll also be able to grow your own, uh, but only if you have medical. So if the, originally it was like five plants for anybody. Now it'll just be medical, and there's like, and it's not like you can just grow it on your back balcony or whatever. It's like you have to have it in a secure room. Make sure nobody under 21 can get to it, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so not on on a back balcony. Not on the back balcony. Note to Change self. your plan. Another big thing that came out was gambling expansion. So good news, slots at the airports. It'll just be like Vegas. Yay. Loosest <laughs> slots in Vegas at the airport, I guarantee. <laughs> I... I don't even understand why it's a thing, to be honest. I, I mean, you know, you're bored at the airport. That's true. You know, what else are you going to do? I mean, so there's a logic to it, but, you know, get all those, like, high-pressure sales guys who need their fix, get a little, keep their adrenaline going. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know, yeah, man. and I, sports betting, uh, which is, I think it's a good thing, um, just because it's already happening. Like, I'm not a big fan of, funding the government off of gambling because I feel like it's exploiting people for, yeah. you know, addictive behaviors and bad math. And 
Sports betting, though, it's like it's already out there. I know many people who gamble on, you know, football and whatever else. Like, so may as well just get a cut of it because, you know, otherwise we're losing that money. Yeah, and we've also had approval for two new casinos, one in Chicago, and I think there's a big discussion about when, I guess, slash if, Lori is going to commission a feasibility study to decide where it's going to go. I keep feeling like Northerly Island is going to turn into the casino at some point. Like, it's, like, close to the city. Like, they use it for, like, uh, performances now, but, like... Well, you know it used to be an airport. Oh, yes. No, I remember. And I know, Steve, you're very close to the aviation community, and that was a big deal when Daly dug it up. I was pissed when he dug up Midway. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Not Midway. Midway, excuse me. Migs. Migs Field. The other, meh. Migs Field. Uh, And there's been a lot of talk about trying to make sure that that casino goes into a neighborhood that hasn't had investment. So, Which actually might happen with a Lightfoot administration. It might. With Rom, it will, you know, we know we'd get screwed on it. No. Like, and I've heard that uh, the Hard Rock uh, Casino and hotels are interested in building something. So Interesting. See how that goes. But it's still going to be privately owned, uh, which is a, yeah. is a big thing to consider there. And then Rockford, I think, is, is going to get another one. Yeah. Uh, and Rockford, in case you missed it, they put a big ad, in, a full-page ad in the newspaper about wanting – to get a casino and wanted Lori's support to push for it somehow. Uh, and they're going to be competing with uh, the Ho-Chunk Casino, which is honestly my favorite name for any casino. Oh, yes, yes. So if you've been up to Wisconsin, there is the Ho-Chunk Casino. They're opening a new casino uh, just across the border. Yeah. Um, yeah so who so lost in that? You know, so those are a lot of big wins for, for Pritzker, Actually, maybe just for Pritzker. I don't think that anybody else claims too much victory there. Heather Steens was the lead oh, sponsor true. on the marijuana bill. True. My Fair. state senator. Fair. She's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, no, we had some failures. Uh, there was a gun bill trying to restrict uh, guns in, in the state, uh, more strict, like, fingerprinting and things like yeah. that. Uh, that did not make it through. Uh, also, uh, elected school board. Um, you know, in Chicago right now, the school board is appointed by the mayor which comes with all the problems you would expect, or at least has historically come with all the problems you'd expect. Um, we'll see how it is under Lightfoot. But um, it did not pass, or it passed the House, but didn't get get to the Senate. Right. So, so it, overwhelmingly, like whatever for and two against in the House. Okay. And did not get a hearing in the Senate. Yeah. Um, and this was a bill that I think was drafted by uh, Martwick, who was the person, if you recall, got in the screaming match with Lori Lightfoot that really springboarded her campaign. Um, It's not clear, and I've been unabashedly supportive of Lori, it's not clear that she really wanted this to pass. So, and she just appointed her new school board, and honestly, you know, from the people we can see, it's a pretty broad-based coalition of folks. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the mayor, like, that cuts in your power. And, you know, and for good or ill, and so I don't, you know, it makes sense that you'd be resistant to it. You know, so we'll see what happens. I would like to see it happen because, you know, Lightfoot moves on to something else, and then we get, you know, who knows what comes after it. So, and you know, or maybe of, she go, turns, you know, turns bad on us. Who knows? Well, but here's a bit of a trivia question. Do you know what the largest municipal election in the country is? 
I do not. It is the election for the local school councils at Chicago Public Schools. Oh, yeah. So every school has a local school council, depending on whether or not it's elementary or high school, that determines how many people are on that school council. It's a combination of parents and community members and staff members. And they you know, do some things around the principal's contract and approving the budgets. And, um, and that's, that's been a big experiment. And I encourage anybody who's interested in the education in the schools in Chicago to learn more about it or even maybe run for local school council. But, you know, there have been a lot of talks about how do you get that system into the elected school board, and Lori kind of fell back on that. Well, I want to make sure that those are connected together. Our parents have good representation. So I'm still hoping it's going to happen, but that was the third time it's failed. Uh, a little sad that that didn't make it through. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, that, that wraps up the uh, state business. It's been a long Long, strange trip yes, on today's has. podcast, yes, beer-wise. Yes, I feel like we've spent our entire day dealing with the beer segment of the show because we started even before recording at Maplewood, thinking that's where we're going to record. Way too noisy there. Lovely place to hang out, I'm sure. Right. But uh, you know, Grabbed a lift. I thought Goose Island. I went there for my bachelor party. They actually had some good stuff there. They did, but only until 9 p.m. Only until 9. Good tacos out front. Yes chicken only today but still good we uh we checked out what was nearby we went to on tour brewing also looked like a great place to hang out nowhere to sit and record a podcast so we wandered one step further and that's how we ended up here where we can both record a podcast and drink our beers it, it is which, amazing what is your beer sir uh so i have got a new england style ipa by bold dog brewery Juicy something. I got to be honest. I don't remember exactly what it was called. Um, normally, we can like look at the chalkboard, but right. here everything's on like a little display against a wall next to the tap. So, and it is really, really good. Continuing that sort of streak of New England style IPAs that have been everywhere. And honestly, I had Son of Juice at Maplewood. Really, really good. The Son of Juice at Goose Island. I had their Goose Island IPA, but it was on cask. So hand-pulled IPA, and I lived in England for a couple years, so I'm, I'm big into the hand-pulled. Uh, really good stuff all around. But like, like we said, there are 30 beers here to try. Yeah. Pay by the ounce. Yeah. So, and I, uh, so I had the natural villain when we were at Goose Island. I did not get a chance to drink anything at Maplewood. And uh, here I've got the Stave and Steel 5 Blood of Jupiter, which may be the longest beer name Possibly the most dramatic beer name of anything I've ever consumed. Uh, and it is quite tasty. It's a, it's a saison with a little brat in there. So it's got a little sourness, some cherry in it. It's quite delicious. Not too sour, nicely balanced. And it has a really cool color. I mean, like, the look of that beer Yeah, it's, it's like different. a rosé kind of color. Yeah, it's really cool. And can we just talk, you know, we live in Chicago. We... I think we both love Chicago. You're going to nod and say yes, yes, even though you were talking about Denver earlier. That's fine. Imagine how crazy that is, that we were able to walk to three breweries. So we got down to Goose Island, yes. brewery everybody knows. 
the Fulton, we are at the Fulton location. There were two other breweries we walked to, but it's only because we walked in this direction. Had we yeah. walked in the other there direction. There was another brewery, another direction. We could have gone to Finch's. Yes. Fin well, I don't think they, have, they don't have a tap room yet. Oh, there's no tap room. But um, okay. uh, I forget the other one there. Um, uh, but the other one there, I've been to several times, and it's good, but they closed at 9 as well. So that wasn't an option. I mean, that is spoiled for choice. Oh, yeah. Right? Maybe that's why we chose the topic, uh, beer and politics, because we knew we could always find a brewery. Although... You know, the Friday brewing or the Friday podcasting changes up the whole complexion. Yes. Changes up our whole complexion. But, you I, know, we'll see how this goes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little more beer to this, and we'll get on to uh, national politics. We're going to change things up a little bit this week. We're going to split the state and local politics from the national politics, two separate podcasts. It's all the same, people. But... Let, let, you know, divide up your day a little bit. Maybe send something out to you midweek. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. So you've heard the beer. You've heard the state and local. So check your feed for Circus 2020. Coming National soon. And our president in London.